Alrighty, we're back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly. It's episode number 491. We're recording live on November the 17th. Uh, Abriana, how are you? I am doing good. Um, I had a fun family weekend, getting out in nature, went to the to the mountains and just hiked and, you know, filled up my, my family and... <laughs> uh outdoors nature cup so it was good i'm good i'm feeling like refreshed and taking on the week so far um how about you yeah it's uh you know things are things are good generally like we're obviously on the covid front it's getting a little uh tighter on the restrictions here uh in in ontario um so we're all kind of readjusting to that but otherwise you know we're i think we're sort of used to it so we're kind of just, you know, uh, muddling along. Um, took a day off yesterday for the first time in a while to drive my daughter to two universities as she's in the middle of figuring out where she wants to go to school and applying to, to different schools and whatnot in the next uh, number of weeks. So that was a nice break, a nice, uh, you know, sort of to get out and just spend some time with her. Um, so that was good. Um, but uh, yeah, no, things are, things are okay. So we're, you know, we just, we keep going. Um, Yeah. So anyways, we've got a good show for you this week. Four stories that we wanted to cover. um, uh, A wide range of things as per usual. And I'll let Abriana start us off. All right. So this is an interesting story from a timing perspective, but GameStop is activating with Pokemon Go. Um, So there's a new partnership that they're working on. And, you know, GameStop, the video game retailer, is working with Niantic, who is the developer for Pokemon Go, um, to drive traffic into their stores, in essence, as virtual destinations. So over the next uh, four months, there's 500 GameStop locations that will be um, either, you know, Pokemon Go, uh, what are they called, Pokestops or gyms. So you can offer a chance, you're, you're offered a chance to get different rewards when you go in there. Um, as a Pokemon player. And, um, you know, also because of the pandemic and because of COVID, uh, GameStop is, you know, offering people to also visit its website or to potentially, you know, even talk to their employees about their safety precautions. I'm not sure how that's helpful, but, um, you know, so they're they're obviously looking, GameStop's obviously looking to regain some of the, the sales loss that they've had from the drastic, you know, downturn in foot traffic that's been going on since um, since everything started back in March, really, and things started closing down. Uh, and they're also trying to get, regain some sales after several years of, of declines. Um, but, you know, a lot of people now are obviously uh, downloading the games directly online instead of buying them in the stores. Um, they've, they reported that they saw a 13% decline in um in-store sales uh, from the third quarter uh, from a year earlier, uh, but net sales had dropped like 27%, which is um, bringing them down to like 942 million. But however, the the silver lining is they saw an 800% growth in e-commerce sales. So, um, you know, don't feel too bad for the company. They're obviously growing in some areas. Um, and then Niantic also reformatted Pokemon Go recently for more indoor play. Um, so like for mobile game entertainment, um, as more and more people are turning to that in this time and looking for things that they can do while they're in their home. Um, and it's boosted player spending 
percent. So that's more than a billion dollars during the first 10 months of 2020. So also they are not doing too shabby themselves. Um, you know, from my perspective, it's a tough time to really be driving or like the focus to be driving in-store traffic and foot traffic. Uh, you know, I think that it would be great if they could maybe combine something like this with curbside pickup or anything like that. Uh, but this is, you know, it's just tough timing wise. And, um, you know, you kind of feel sorry for all the parties involved. But, you know, I also feel like this is sort of a, a little bit of, a, I don't know, a news flash in essence, because, you know, when I think of GameStop, I think I'm reminded of like Blockbuster, right? It was the cool place to go. And I feel like this is really their opportunity to innovate and figure out how they can remain relevant. And maybe that means um, less of a physical footprint and more of a, you know, e-commerce digital footprint for them. But I think that they have to figure out new ways to engage their clients, especially in this time, besides just driving in-store foot traffic. I think this was the thing to do, you know, two summers, three summers ago. Uh, when Pokemon Go really took off. But right now it's probably just not the right timing to try and create more buzz in the stores. Um, and so I, I think that, you know, I know that we've had uh, GameStop speak at, at several of our LBMA events um, and I have seen that they are innovative. And so I'm just looking at, I'm sort of like, what's their next move? You know, I'm watching this chess game, like what's their next move here? Because there's a lot of opportunities for them to come up with something um, and learn from, from other examples of what people have or haven't done uh, with the blockbusters and the red boxes of the world. So um, that's my take. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is a, um, I, I, I like the story. I, I like the, um, sort of the, the move for GameStop um, in that, you know, what we're talking about here is an audience that's, you know, sort of predisposed to gaming and enter entertainment, right? I mean, that's that's their audience, right? So, you know, sort of bringing something together with, uh, with Pokemon Go and um, kind of using that as a way to drive traffic, um, I think makes, you know, very, very logical sense. Um, I think the, um, when Pokemon Go first started and you had a lot of, Different retailers experimenting with it at the time. Uh, I don't even. I don't. I don't recall GameStop being one of the early guys that was on it. I remember brands like Sephora and others were playing around with it, um, and had some some limited success. I mean, I think there were cases where it worked well to drive traffic. Some hadn't quite thought through the you know beyond getting the traffic there, how to actually convert that and. Uh, you know, and, and get people engaged from that point of view. So I think we've evolved that piece of it. It seems like they figured that part out. I think the other thing that for me would be interesting here is GameStop, you know, as you referred to, you know, we've had uh, a number of folks from, from the team speak at uh, LBMA retail local events over the years, Charlie Larkin, Jeff Donaldson, and, and, and those types of uh, folks from the GameStop innovation team, which is always trying new things. Um, and I think the one thing I learned from listening to those guys talk is GameStop is very well regarded in the retail circles as having, if not the number one, the, certainly a top three loyalty program in the country in terms of users and engagement. And so when I see something like this, I, like my first thought is, is, you know, how do you blend the Pokemon Go experience with the loyalty platform to kind of leverage that those two things together. So I think there's still some sort of opportunity there that that can be drawn out. And I think, you know, when you look at sort of retail in the pandemic, um, you know, certainly 
this is one of those sectors. I was just listening to the news this morning. Obviously, Walmart's had you know a, a phenomenally successful run you know in the pandemic. Um, I think they had a six billion dollar profit in the third quarter or something they just reported this morning. Um, you know, obviously guys like Home Depot and Lowe's and brands like that are doing well because people have been turning to home, you know, doing their home renovations and whatever. So some brands are doing well. And I think this is one sector that has an opportunity to do well because people are at home, people have more time to play games. Obviously the new Nintendo uh, and PlayStation platforms are coming out, you know, in time for the holidays, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think there's a, there's a sort of a window is open for GameStop to really jump in and, and leverage that. And I think so the timing of, of this Pokemon Go initiative is, is, is well suited to what, what's going on that way, too. So I like it. I think it's good. Awesome. All right. Second story, uh, uh, pretty short one here, but I wanted to highlight this. So Lidl, the, uh, the big German retail brand, um, has uh, teamed up or not teamed up, but is using uh, WhatsApp. Uh, and in particular, their chatbot capabilities to help people plan ahead. Uh, we've talked about a lot on this show over the last couple of years about how, you know, people are, are really starved for time um, and, you know, don't, you know, want to go wait in lines and don't, uh, you know, are, you know, their, their, their sort of patience is, uh, is not something that people have these days. And so, especially in a pandemic, when you've been sitting around, you know, your home and, you know, frustrated that you can't go see people and whatever, and, you know, your nerves are a little afraid. So to help that, uh, Lytle's using a WhatsApp chatbot. And if you need to go and shop at Lytle, what they're doing is, is you can kind of engage this chatbot and it can tell you sort of what the wait times are uh, at your local Lytle stores. Um, so you just send a message with the time and day that you intend to visit and it instantly responds and says whether it's, you know, a quieter time or it's an average or busier time, you know, it makes recommendations on the best time to visit for you. Um, and so they've analyzed all the shopper behavior over the last number of weeks and kind of they use that to sort of op optimize these sort of location-based, you know, sort of time travel pattern uh, recommendations that are delivered in the WhatsApp chatbot. So, you know, nothing rocket science here. Other brands have been doing this. We talked a little while ago about Foursquare, you know, sort of presenting on live digital signage in New York City, you know, sort of the best time to go to certain stores and things like that. So it's similar in that way. Uh, I think the difference here is they're using a chatbot technology that's very well deployed in the sense it's WhatsApp. Uh, to engage, you know, a wide audience here as opposed to just people walking by a screen uh, and things like that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I like it. I think it's simple and straightforward. And, um, you know, like you said, it's not required of you to download like a Lytle app. And I like that it's already something that has wide adoption. So I think that's really smart. I'd love to see them incorporate like um, an in-stock option for your store near you. So you know, for example, like, do you have this in stock? Um, yeah. You know, I think there's less challenges with that now uh, than there were beforehand, you know, earlier on in the pandemic. But like, honestly, I think that it's just so nice to know that what you're looking for is there. And, you know, if somebody could tell you in terms of inventory, what they have available, it can be really helpful because that's really frustrating when you get there and there's certain things that are just not available. So, um, but overall, yes, I like this. It's simple, it's straightforward. And, you know, anything that we can do to keep ourselves and our loved ones a little more safe is always a good thing. There you go. Nice. 
All right. So uh, we haven't had an Amazon story in maybe a week or so, or maybe we have and I forgot, but <laughs> uh, it's time to da, 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 talk about Amazon once again. So they are going after once again, another market. And this time it's the office supply market. This is interesting because, you know, if you remember, they had those dash buttons where you could automatically refill, uh, you know, your laundry detergent or you know your paper towels or like whatever it may be by pushing specific buttons that you would get like a bounty button or a tide button that you would keep handy well you know they did away with those probably rightfully so maybe not their best uh innovation to date but last year they introduced something called a dash smart shelf which is basically the scale um that you know businesses can stack offices supply office supplies on. Um, so it could be like copy paper or sticky notes or cups or whatever it may be. And um, they have had this in pilot and since 2019 and now they're moving it out of pilot. So it's going to be available for business customers as well as consumers. So the weight sensing, you know, dash button, if you will, has Wi-Fi connected to it. And, you know, it's just a scale that basically streamlines the restocking and auto replenish features. Um, so they can track inventory for commonly used products, uh, which can be ordered, you know, different ways. Uh, you know, this is also like, uh, it's really just a repurposing of their dash button. If you look at it, they're just kind of trying to figure out how else maybe they could still use that technology. Uh, and they still have the dash capabilities that they do in certain partnerships with um, Sears Kenmore, for example. But this is obviously Amazon sort of stepping on a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of key players that are in this industry, including Office Depot and Staples, uh, which both offer an auto restock option, but it's more on a time frame. It's not on like a weight or how much inventory you have left. So, you know, I'm not really expecting a ton from this. Uh, it what honestly, what this makes me think is like, why is Amazon pushing this auto restock so hard? Why are they pushing their dash buttons so hard? Uh, it makes me think that there's like more to it than just the auto replenish because in essence you need, you know, like we talked about before, the problem with the dash buttons is that you need a dash button for everything. It's not something that you can just say like, you know, reorder this or it's not there. Um, and this is the same thing. Like you need a scale for everything in order for it to weigh it to say like, is this there? Is it not? I, so for me, this is sort of like not really a great use case or innovation. It's, I, I think they just still trying to like not do away with technology maybe, but um, it's not a big win, you know, I'm not really excited about it. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. So I'm, 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 maybe I'm a little more positive uh, than you on this one. I, I think the you know, from an Amazon point of view, I think it's a good move. I, I think they're uh, they're taking technology that you know they've proven works. Uh, obviously, this is one of the base technologies that sits in Amazon Go stores that you can check inventory and you know when somebody takes something off of a shelf and so on and puts it in their basket. It, it's the same sort of base technology that's there, sort of this weight based, sensor based um, shelf. Um, so from that point of view, sort of just taking tech they've already proven and kind of rolling it out into making it available to others, you know, I think it makes sense. I think, um, you know, I would rather see something like this technology sort of in partnership with a 
company like Ikea, for example, or somebody like that, that can make, you know, it built into office furniture or stuff like that, that you might buy for, for your, you know, your building. Uh, and then just have it sort of be, you know, like a smart shelf kind of technology that's available, you know, sort of through different commercial office, uh, um, uh, furniture suppliers and things like that. So I think there's, there's some opportunity there still. Um, you know, does it, does this kill the, the office supply industry? I don't think so. Uh, but, but I do think it, it um, you know, it, it's a, it's a wake up call for the industry. I, I think they need to, um, you know, just, just get smarter about how they, you know, sort of engage on a regular basis with their customers and subscription type of, of platforms. Right. And I think, you know, this same dash type technology, you know, I know some of the printer manufacturers, brother and others have, you know, sort of embedded directly into their tech. So like the, you know, the, the printer detects when it's running low on ink and automatically places an order for ink and things like that. Um, and in a similar way, I think you need to, um, you know, figure out how you engage with, with offices uh, in that way. Now, the interesting thing is in, in this pandemic time, who's going back to offices? Like, you know, like, you know, how relevant is this, right? Like, is it right. something where, you know, this is just, you know, we're all doing this on our own. Companies have to supply us with a budget, you know, for home office supplies. I don't know yet, right? I don't think they know yet, but, you know, I think the... I, I don't see mass adoption of this technology from Amazon, like as, as an office supply, you know, replenishment type of system. But I do see it as a technology that can be deployed into furniture that we're either buying for our home office or for our, our commercial offices or whatever that can make that happen. So we'll see. Yeah. TBD. That's kind of my thoughts. Mm -hmm. All right. Last story. Um, this one's kind of interesting. So there's a, a bookstore called Powell Books, uh, Powell's uh, City of Books in Oregon in, um, and um, you know, not, not tech or location per se, location specific in that where it's coming from. Um, but I, 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 it just intrigued me this story because you know, obviously people aren't going out, people aren't visiting stores like they were and certainly going into a bookstore and spending time wandering around and you know, picking up a book and flipping through it and all that kind of stuff that people who go to bookstores do. Uh, isn't isn't happening, and so Powell wanted to sort of help their customers, uh, sort of, you know, have that feeling, have that sense of that, that they would when they come into the store. So they created a fragrance, uh, a unisex fragrance. It's called Powell's by Powell's, and um, they wanted to put the scent of a bookstore in a bottle, and so it has hints of violet, wood, and uh, Biblicor, whatever that is. I have no idea what that is. Um, <laughs> it sells for $24.99, this, this perfume, and it aims to replicate the smell of old paper that creates an atmosphere, you know, that you would have when you're in the bookstore. So it invokes that sort of feeling of being in the bookstore and the smell of the bookstore and the labyrinth of books and libraries and ancient scrolls and things like that, you know, and, um, that they're, they're going for. So, I think it's kind of interesting. They so they put this out there, and they received um, uh, uh, over a thousand orders um, just in in the first uh, run at this. So much so that they've you know had requests for a second uh, run of this, and I just think it's interesting, like that um, you know people are you know, so engaged with a brand and so engaged with that sort of feeling and that, that longing, that missing of, of something that, 
you know, you, you sort of, you reach out for it and you're willing to spend 25 bucks on, you know, a scent that makes you, you know, experience what it's like to be in a bookstore. Um, so I think it's kind of fun. I think it's a neat way for them as a brand to stay connected to their customer base, you know, in a difficult time, you know, and it is a, it is a local thing at that level, right? Like where, you know, you're used to going in the store and now you don't go into the store. So we can still engage with you. We can still sort of bring the store to you in the form of scent, um, and we know the power of, you know, sort of the uh, engaging with, you know, with our with our senses, uh, you know, to kind of create those emotional ties. And, you know, I think that this is the kind of thing that can keep those people connected to that brand so that when the pandemic is over, they, you know, they, they come back. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know about a, I don't know about a book smelling like perfume for myself, but maybe a room spray, you know, in the area where we have our bookshelves or something would be fun. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is interesting, like you mentioned, like that senses have such a strong uh, connection to memories and and how you remember things. And, you know, I think like for me, it smells and it's music. Uh, so it'll, I'll hear a song and it will take me back or I'll smell something and it will, you know, remind me of a specific time in my life or a story. Uh, and I think this is great that they're trying to connect, you know, I think reading for a lot of people Sometimes it's just like for educational purposes um, or information and fact finding, but a lot of times it's also something that's a little bit deeper uh, and part of who they are and their and their core. And so maybe like reading a book while you have the scent and you smell it just reminds you of like being able to be out at the library or uh, you know be out at those places that you enjoy. So I think this is fun, and I love that they're having such great success with it. Uh, and I think that this, it's interesting because it makes you think, okay, what else could we provide something that gives people that uh, almost like tangible or sensible, right? Sense, uh, uh, type, you know, it's like whether it's taste or touch or hearing something that would take them back to a time where things were a little more normal and a little bit, uh, you know, more enjoyable with the everyday life. So how can we kind of give people that little, um, you know, those little like, small doses of happiness <laughs> for things that you used to love. So I really like how they're thinking about this. And um, it's a great thing because, you know, maybe a gift for somebody is like a book from their bookstore and, you know, the spray. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. Fun, super fun, uh, very different way to kind of think about engaging uh, with their customers. And yeah, you know, we got to, it's tough times, right? People are, uh, are looking for something different, some different way to just feel a little bit of what they felt before. Um, and I think this, yeah. this goes, you know, a long way for, for that particular audience. So there you go. That's our show for this week. You've been listening to Location Weekly, episode 491. Uh, of course, uh, we'll be back with next week with yet another show. But if you have story ideas, uh, feedback, uh, criticism, whatever, reach out to us. Uh, let us know uh, what you think. Uh, give us some likes, some stars, some social love, whatever. Uh, we want it all. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, giving us a bit of your time this week, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.